Well, thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. And thank you, Living Well, for having me to come out. And I'm humbled because I'm just a Kaya dude. You know, I'm really, there's nothing special about me. Um, I happen to be close to Chris's son, Jesse. We've been in Bible study for probably, you know, five years now. Uh, and it's just been phenomenal. And yeah, thank you for letting me come in and just kind of just as a stranger in a way. I mean, we're family, but I'm thankful to be able to be welcomed in and present what God's shown me. And yeah, so just from from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Uh, we're going to be talking about prayer. And before I start, it's so cool that I didn't actually know we were going to be doing that at the beginning of class. And, you know, being a part of Kaya, like the beginning of class, you can hear it, right? I mean, it's just like, which is sweet, man. Praising the Lord is awesome with my brothers and sisters in Christ upstairs, but there's not really space to lift up prayer specifically for what God's doing in our life. And man, that's a sweet thing. And so it's cool because we're going to be talking about prayer. And it just so happened that we already, you know, it's the best welcome ever. <laughs> so the best introduction. So I've just got a, a really quick slide. Um, my wife, Julia, is upstairs in Kaya right now. So that's, that's my wife, Julia. Um, not Juliet. <laughs> And that's my daughter, Sylvia. She's eight and a half months. And she's just like nearly the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. So, so thankful. If I talk too much, I'm going to cry. <laughs> so I've been in Kaya for five years now. And as Dave said, I, I've served in fourth and fifth grade class for three and a half years as well. We just recently, uh, me and my wife transitioned into the junior high ministry. So we're serving the Lord there, you know, very similar to fourth and fifth grade, except you get puberty. And so... <laughs> That's uh, always fun to deal with. And this picture here is the skyline of Toronto. We just came back on the second discovery trip from Toronto. Uh, we landed probably two weeks ago back in Kansas City. And as, as I walk through this lesson on prayer, um, there will be four or five big key points and kind of four applications from the field that God really showed me that I walked away with. And so I, I hope I can effectively communicate that. Um, but yeah. We're going to be going in one verse. So we're just going to be defining four different types of prayer that we see in 1 Timothy 2, uh, verse 1. It's a short one. This is Timothy, or sorry, this is Paul writing to Timothy, his son in the faith. Timothy is he's a pastor of a church at the time. And Paul is trying to instruct Timothy in the ways in which he should lead and guide the church that he's overseeing. And this is how Paul opens up chapter two. He writes to Timothy, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. And so what I'm going to be doing today, as best as I can, is just breaking down those four different types of prayers that we see, which is supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. And so I hope this isn't too teaching heavy. Uh, I hope I don't lose you in it. Um, but God really used this to speak to me and to edify and, you know, grow my prayer life with him. And I hope that there's something that we can all take away too. So I'm going to pray we'll get started. And, uh, sorry for like the world's simplest handout ever, but sometimes it's nice to have free space to write what God's showing you too. So, uh, Lord, thank you for this time and thank you for this fellowship. God, it's, it's amazing to see how you're working and growing, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ's faith. Lord, I'm thankful for Pastor Chris just to trust me with this uh, position for today. And uh, God, help me to communicate what you've shown me effectively. God, help it to make sense and help us to find application in this message in uh, 1 Timothy 2, verse 1. God, we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Okay. So the first word we see here is supplications. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you guys already know all four of these and you just like, you know, checked out. I, I did not, I had to, I had to do some searching. And so a supplication, um, I'm just going to give the definition up front. This is not word for word, you're blank, but it's, it's a prayer for yourself. It's a prayer for one's own self. So to supplicate or to lift up a supplicational prayer is to pray for yourself. And, uh, you know, for me, that kind of seems like a little backwards. It's like, that's feel selfish almost to just be praying for me because all of these are prayers for other people right but it, it's not bad to pray for yourself in fact i'd like to look at hebrews 5 and luke 22 uh, this is a passage two passages in scripture that talk about one single event it's talking about jesus in the garden of gethsemane you know it's right before he gets captured and then it's just the road to the cross from there and jesus is in the garden and this is what Hebrews 5, verse 7 says. This is who in the days of his flesh, speaking of Christ, when he had offered up prayer and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Uh, so this is Jesus supplicating. And the word is right there. So don't feel bad for praying for yourself because Jesus did it too. Uh, Luke 22, this is the actual narrative that we see of Christ in the garden. Uh, Luke 22, verse 41 says, And he, this is Jesus, was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. And so this is going to be your first blank, but a supplication is a prayer for one's own self. So a supplication is a prayer for one's own self. So that's that's the definition that we have. And if we hop just a bit further down in Hebrews 5 and Luke 22, oops, <laughs> I like never do slides for myself. So this is going to be a theme. <laughs> Hang with me. Okay. So we just went one verse down basically on, uh, on both passages. So verse eight, we see, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And in Luke 22, verse 42, it's that last half of verse 42 says, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. This is Jesus praying. This is his voice praying to God, not my will, but thine. So Jesus is praying for his own self. He's praying, God, if there's any other way, if you can get your job done in any other fashion, Lord, would you do it? But then it's so beautiful because he humbles himself. He knows his position under God. And he says, God, it's not my will, but thine. And he he's willing, even during the prayer that he's praying, to be obedient despite, you know, no matter what the outcome is. And so this is going to be your second blank that I have for you. A supplication does not override God's will. And obedience, oops, there we go. Obedience is required no matter the outcome. Man, it's so good that Christ just exemplifies that for us. He doesn't command us to do things that he hasn't already done himself. Um, so praise God for that example. Um, this is like, sometimes Sam gives homework from the pulpit, which I think is fun. Hardly ever do I do it, but <laughs> I wanted to go on a deep dive of first Kings chapter eight, cause there in that one chapter, there's 10 mentions of the word supplication. So if you want to do a deep dive on what it means to pray a supplicational prayer, uh, go and check out first Kings chapter eight, but just big picture summary. Um, we pray. And God moves. 
So we pray and God answers, he moves. But God's not limited to answering in the ways that we desire him to answer. Um, and that can be hard for us to accept sometimes. Um, but what God's been putting on my heart, and this will probably come up a couple more times in this message, but Romans 8, 28, which is cool because Sam just mentioned this offhandedly in the pulpit this morning. Uh, it reads, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. How good, how good of a promise is that? Even when God's answering in ways that are different than how we hope or how we expect, I can still go to Romans 8, 28 and know that God's working all things together for good to me. And it's so reassuring to just trust God in that even when life is getting hard. And so, like I promised with, with each definition, each word, I've got just a short little story from Toronto, the trip. So instead of spending the whole time up here talking about Toronto, I'm just going to throw in little snippets. Um, but for our time, I knew that we'd be spending a lot of time evangelizing. And that includes walking up to strangers, sharing the gospel, and inviting them to read the Bible if they're interested, and just getting out of your comfort zone. And I hope I'm not the only one in here, but that, that makes me nervous every time. Like, hardly ever am I walking up to somebody confident. And maybe, hopefully, that's a good thing, because I'm not resting in my flesh to get that job done. But my flesh doesn't love doing that. However, I know that God's commanded me to do it and that he hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So if in those moments where I'm trusting God to use me to speak truth in someone's life, um, if I'm doing that from a place of fear, that's actually a different spirit I'm giving heed to because God hasn't given me that spirit. It's given me a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Um, and so I prayed many times prior to the trip that God would hold true to his word and cast out the fear in my heart in those moments. That's kind of the, that's the supplicational application that I had for myself while on this trip. And while I, I can't say that I didn't feel fear at times, I can say that God was always reminding me that he cares more about obedience than performance, uh, which provided me so much comfort. Um, man, I, I prayed for myself. I lift, lifted up supplicational prayers a lot before this trip uh, and God came through and he was constantly reminding me, even in the midst of being fearful that I didn't have to feel fear because he was with me. Okay. Next we're going to talk about prayers. So who, who here uses blue letter Bible? This is, it's about to get real nerdy in here. <laughs> okay. I actually learned something new in, in preparing for this, this message here. I've used that blue tab a lot, that primary search. You, you, you search a word like, like prayer and you get a hundred some results of how many times prayer comes up. But I was wondering, because I, I know the English translation prayer doesn't come from a single Hebrew or a single Greek word. There's actually, if you click this green box, this is telling you that there's actually 12 unique root words in Hebrew or Aramaic or Greek that were translated into the English word prayer. So again, I hope I'm not, I hope I'm not losing you. Um, but for the sake of time, and because we're in the New Testament, we're just going to focus on the Greek ones. Uh, but there's five Greek results right here. So these are the Strong's words. This is how it would read in Greek. This is how you pronounce it in English. And this is kind of, this is cheating. You know, this is what you do when you don't want to study. You just read what someone already did for you. Well, I mean, I use it as a tool too. But so there's actually five Greek words throughout the New Testament. Um, they're all different words that get translated into the same English word. And, you know, why, why is that useful? 
That's because using this tool gives us a better insight as to how this particular use of prayer, and in this verse we're looking at, it's actually, it's this fourth one right here. You can see that uh, pretty, pretty quickly by um, using Blue Letter Bible. It shows how that word compares to all the other words that get translated into prayer. And you can see already just by our little cheat sheet here that there are consistent differences between those root words. And so, man, if, if you want to take a little bit of a deeper dive in any particular word that you want to search or study out, uh, click that green box because it's actually pretty interesting. It'll take you to uh, some really cool insights in scripture. Um, but to uh, to fast forward a bit and to avoid just doing a you know a two hour Bible study here, I'll just share what I learned. And if you want to you know follow up and make sure I'm not teaching heresy, you can do the study yourself. <laughs> um, but prayers are simply communion with God. That's that's your next um, key point there. And so prayers are simply communion with God. There's some other sub definitions I have here. Um, it's worship without request, without the need for God to do something for us. It originates from a desire to separate from the world and then to spend time with God. And these prayers are full of times of adoration and confession, which this is really sweet. This is kind of just like spending time with your dad. I mean, that's what I was thinking when I was, made me think back when I was growing up, you know, just like fishing or throwing the football. I mean, I'm not, in those moments, I'm not actually requesting anything of my dad other than just spending time with him. And God desires the same thing from us, is for us just to spend time with him. And John 15 is all about abiding with Christ. And like, let's just take time out of our day, out of our schedules, busy lives, just to spend time with him. Um, so I think review number two, here we go. Prayers in Toronto. Um, this is, again, my wife and my daughter. And this is my wife's disciple. Her name is Ting Yu. She's from China, uh, but she also goes by Rain because that's what it translates to in English. Um, and she lives in Toronto right now. And obviously, we live in Kansas City. But man, God has been so good uh, because uh, my wife's been able to disciple her from afar. And she is just a faithful woman. When we were in Toronto, on, it was a Monday night, and we did a board game evangelism thing that we were trusting God to use. And Rain invited three of her lost friends to come. We just got to minister and hang out with them for two and a half hours. And that was that was awesome. And then Wednesday, so two days later, we had somebody at our Airbnb and invited like six of her saved friends to come and just see what it looks like to study the word in the way that we know how to study the word. Not to say that we're the best at doing it, but just for people to come and see. Um, I'm so thankful because uh, these times of communion with God are so sweet. Um, it just serves to remind me that, you know, our skills, my wife's skills, uh, they're not the key tool that God uses for his glory, but it's rather it's just simple obedience just by getting together, getting in the word, by praying to God, thank you for such a key woman. Um, it, Rain reminds me of Lydia in the book of Acts, who hears the gospel and she just goes and tells the gospel to her family, her friends, her neighbors, her town. Man, people get saved, and that's what God's doing in Rain's life. We praise him for that. So prayers are communion with God, and we'll look at intercessions. And so making intercession, um, again, to give you a, a, a definition ahead of time, is really to pray on someone's behalf, to pray for another one. And that's what this whole board is right here. 
So we have a list of names and circumstances and things we're praying for in people's life. Um, we're making, when we do this, we're making intercession on behalf of others. Um, we're going to read, here we go, Romans 8. This is a verse that gives a lot of uh, context to what intercession is. And so to start in verse 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. And here's the key right here. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Like sometimes we just don't know what to pray. But there's someone who does. The Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And so, man, praise God for context, but the Spirit helps. And it helps with what? Well, it helps when we don't know what we should be praying for. And what does the Spirit do about that? The Spirit makes intercession for us. And so what's that end result? So the Spirit makes intercession. If we keep reading in verse 27, we get to see what happens when the Spirit makes intercession. It says, and he that searcheth the hearts, very common phrase of God throughout all of scripture, knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he, the Spirit, maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Those guys are in cahoots. They, they know each other. They're on the same team. Um, and God knows what the Spirit is praying, and the Spirit knows God's heart. He knows his will. And verse 28 as well, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose. This is that verse that God's just been reminding me again and again in life recently. So God knows the mind of the spirit and the result, God works together all things for good to them that love him. And that's the result of the spirit making intercession for us. God's working all things for good. And I want to trust God with this verse to be true in my life. And like I said earlier, you know, when times are good, it's easy to, see that and to say, yeah, God, you are working all things for good because it lines up with how I see good, right? But when times are hard, it, it gets more difficult to trust that God is truly working all things for our good. Um, but if I'm going to choose who I believe myself or God's word, then I want to I choose to trust God's word is the truth and not how I feel that week or that month. Um. Another awesome use of intercession in the Bible. Oops. Did I miss a slide? Oh, I did. Okay. I'm just going to read it. So Isaiah 53, verse 12. This is uh, Jesus, the prophetical Jesus. This is an Old Testament writing. All of chapter 53 is prophesying hundreds of years in advance of Christ's coming, uh, how he would was brutalized, how he would die for sinners and transgressions and make a way for them to be made right with God. It's amazing. Now, the last verse says this. This is verse 12. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. And so, I mean, us as Christians going to church, that should ring some bells in our brain, right? Um, and maybe even for a lost person who knows what Christ did, but this is such a powerful passage pointing to Christ. And based on what we learned about intercession in that previous slide in Romans 8, how can we make sense of this? So he makes intercession for the transgressors. Well, we know that intercession is a prayer on behalf of someone else. And I think here's where this comes into play is Luke 23, verse 34. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them. 
for they know not what they do, and they parted his raiment and cast lots. Jesus prayed for them, he prayed for us at the time, and what did he pray? He prayed, forgive them. And did God, did God answer that prayer? Yes, God answered that prayer. Again, we pray, God responds. And God did exactly that. He offered forgiveness to mankind through the sacrifice of his only son, if they would only have faith in him. And we're called to do the same thing as believers. We're called to make intercession. And that's why I started out just so encouraged with how you guys start class time. I mean, this might seem, maybe to you guys, since it's a part of your schedule, it might even seem repetitive. Um, and when we get in repetitions, it can, if we're not careful, we can lose the purpose behind why we're doing it. But for me, coming in with fresh eyes and seeing how a fellowship functions and praying intercessional prayers for loved ones, man, that's awesome because God responds when we pray. And so Toronto reflection number three, oh, I'm sorry, to make intercessions to pray for someone else. So this here is a really zoomed in picture. <laughs> this is not the best picture in the world, but this is me and John. Uh, John goes to MBT as well. He's explaining 1 Corinthians 15 and how we're giving, how we are given a glorified body um, after this life. And this man here, his name was Brian. He was actually going around uh, teaching. Uh, it's like a, a Christian. They, they, their doctrine is kind of just a little out of whack. They're called Moonies. I don't know if you guys have heard of Reverend Sung Young Moon. I'm pretty sure. Um, but praise God, it was a very amicable conversation. And John is, was so patient and so gracious just to sit down and listen and then show what we believe in the Bible. Um, and so... Yeah, making making intercession, me and John leaving this conversation here, um, we were praying for Brian just to see the truth of God's word that, man, Jesus, his sacrifice and his death was enough. And what Brian was trying to say was, well, it's, it was enough spiritually, but we're not, we're not good physically yet. And to the Christian, it's like, well, yeah, you know, join the team. <laughs> that one's pretty obvious. Um, but praise God for that uh, conversation. And John and Brian are still in conversation to this day. And we're trusting the Lord that Brian will be saved. Just like I could write Brian's name on this board and join you guys in prayer for that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's an example of an intercessional prayer for when we were in Toronto. And finally, giving of thanks. So I can oftentimes get stuck in thinking that thankfulness is only due when I'm happy or when my situation in life uh, or maybe someone has done something nice for me. You know, it's when I'm feeling warm and fuzzy and feeling blessed. Hashtag blessed, you know. It's like, that's when I lift up my prayers of thankfulness. Um, but I've been consistently re consistently reminded in God's word that thankfulness is for all seasons of life. And I we've been, been like driving this home. I hope you're not tired of hearing it. But Ephesians 5.20 is, is very straightforward. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we see words like always and all things, you know, does it mean always and all things? I, th I think it does because the Bible says it. And this would include, you know, things anywhere from an annoying coworker, you know. <laughs> God, I'm thankful that I have a job. We can still be thankful for that. Thankful that I have a soul to invest in. A slow leak in your car's tire. This, is, this has been me for months. I'm too cheap to pay for four tire replacement at once. 
So I keep just filling it up like every other morning. I don't know if anyone's done that. But, a, you know, a thankfulness is, God, thank you. I, you've blessed me with a car. Now, a lot of people I know can't afford cars at all. So, God, thank you for that. Maybe getting more serious, an unforeseen financial issue. That's a big one. And I, I don't actually know if I practiced thankful prayers in those seasons. Generally, I just get stressed and I try to fix it in the flesh. But God, thank you for providing a season where I need to deeply trust in you to provide. Man, being put in those hard seasons, I, hopefully a lot of you can agree that it's, it's when we come through on the other side of a hard time that God really grows us. You know, the easy, easy seasons, those are good and praise God for them. I mean, we need rest and we need to be recharged, but and getting on the other side of a struggle, man, just makes us so thankful for what God's done in our life. It may be a health complication. God, thank you that I'm still breathing. You know, there's a lot of people in our fellowship, even right now, who are really going through it health wise. And we're praying for them, for God to heal them. Uh, but I'm still praying prayers of thankfulness that they're still with us, too. Um, watch how Job should be our next one. Watch how Job reacts when he loses everything. So we're not going to read through everything in chapter one. But this man was wealthy, he had a big family, and he, he had it going on in life. Uh, and he lost all of it because God let that happen in him, in his life. Because he was confident Satan wasn't going to get the upper hand on Job. And this, so Job's lost everything. He's mourning. He's at the lowest point in his life. And in verse 21, he says, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I, I know we don't find the word thankfulness or giving of thanks here in this verse, but I think it drives home the point. Uh, if Job can be thankful in that season of life, then surely when I my, when my car tires low, I can be giving thanks to the Lord. You know, it's it's really it's not a big deal, and God's commanded it. It's this last one here. It's God's will that we be thankful in all seasons. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything. And do I believe that? Do I trust God that he desires for me to give thanks in everything in my life? So we are to give thanks in all, in all things and in all seasons. I think that's your last blank. Is that right? Okay. So we are to give thanks in all things and in all seasons. And for our final Toronto reflection, man, when I said how thankful I am for that little girl, <laughs> just look at her. <laughs> yeah, I'm so thankful for my daughter. And um, I remember walking away from many fruitful conversations uh, that I would have in Toronto with strangers. God moved. And it was so apparent that he was answering prayer day by day. Uh, and I was filled to the brim with excitement. And I was kind of in awe that God could use someone like me who's just filled with fear, you know, ahead of a conversation. But he does. Um, but there were times, there were interactions that were hard, uh, particularly, you know, getting cussed out by like two 16-year-old skaters eating pizza. And I was like, whoa, what does my life come to right now? <laughs> I had to walk away from that one and kind of regroup myself a little bit. But even then, there was time to give thanks to the Lord because a little seed was planted. You know, like 
they heard, they heard the good word. They heard the name of Christ. And no, they did not believe on it then. They did not care about it. But that was me when I was, you know, 16, 17 too. I wasn't saved till I was 18 years old. God can use those types of planted seeds. And so, man, even when things don't go our way or we're evangelizing or a family member is straying, but they've heard the good news and they've got that seed planted in them, then we should just pray prayers of thanksgiving that God's been faithful enough to get that job done. So here's some final questions. Um, this will be for our breakout groups. I heard you guys do that. I don't know what it looks like or how big the groups are, if it's just the same tables, but let's do that. Let's break up um, and just discuss through these things. Uh, does your prayer life feel relational or does it feel distant perhaps, or even non-existent? What do you find yourself praying to God most often? Is it prayers of supplications for yourself? Again, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's biblical or lifting up a prayer or intercessions or man, just giving thanks. And which of these four types of prayer that we just said, can you grow in most? Um, yeah, thank you guys. I, I love you. I'm so thankful to be able to be up here and share this with brothers and sisters in Christ. And thank you for not despising my youth. <laughs> I feel loved in this room. And yeah, I just pray that, man, God uses all of our lives to glorify him. And wherever we're at, whoever we're talking to, whatever we're trusting God for, I just pray that he gets glory from our life. And I'll pray us out. We'll break up into groups. Um, and I think, does Pastor Chris typically come back up and just field a little bit of responses? Okay. So we'll do that around, I think, 12 or 12.05. Lord, thank you for this time and thank you for your word and how how plain it is, God, and how we can just, we don't have to go to Webster's to figure out the definitions of words, God. We can just look at your Bible and how it's used in context. And God, I'm so thankful for that. Um, Lord, whatever you showed us that um, we need to be working on or ways that we can have a more well-rounded prayer life with you, God, help us with that. Help us to walk in it. Um, God, help me to be thankful in all seasons. That That's where I'm at. Um, God, thank you for all the ways you've blessed me. And God, you you surely have given. And if you take, God, that's that's what you do. And God, I, I'll be here giving thanks. Uh, God, we love you. Uh, thank you for this time. And would you be with us even just in these breakout sessions as we discuss the questions? Um, yeah, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.